Chapter 1 Bruce drummed his fingers on the bar as he eyed the untouched shot of whiskey in front of him. He considered leaving it as is, of calling Alfred and getting a ride home. But then her face flashed in his memory and he was angry all over again, reaching for it and letting the liquid burn his throat, the clink of the glass on the bar an all too familiar sound. He watched idly as someone walked up to the bar and leaned over it, speaking to the bartender, who nodded and turned to mix a few drinks. The man, at least Bruce thought it was a man, he was pretty skinny, it was hard to tell, thanked the bartender when he handed him a tall glass, laughing, before looking over and for, just a second, meeting Bruce's eyes. The gaze held for a minute, before Bruce looked away. The man's smile flattened a little, before he turned back to the bartender. A moment later, another shot appeared before Bruce. He looked at the bartender, who jerked his head back to the man, who had sat down and was sipping his drink. He smiled and gave Bruce a little half-wave, and for a moment, the world stopped. Bruce could ignore him, which seemed ideal considering how he felt towards the world at that very moment or he could raise the glass, and maybe, just maybe he'd come over for a moment. Bruce didn't know why, would never know why, but he grabbed the shot and raised it up, giving the man a bit of a smile before he downed it. He got a smile in return, and a flicker of the eyes to the empty bar stool next to Bruce. Bruce smiled, and somehow understanding the man grabbed his drink and walked over, settling on the stool next to him. Thanks, Bruce said, downing half the shot and setting it on the bar. The man smiled. No problem. You looked like you needed it. Bruce watched as he took another sip of his drink. He had a pretty face, though he had some nasty scars lining his cheeks. It should have made him hideous, Bruce was sure, but something about that puckered skin seemed to fit him. Yeah, Bruce said, finishing it off and setting it on the bar. Rough night. Rough couple of years, Bruce said, and the man gave him a sympathetic head shake. Someone leave you. That obvious? The guy grinned and laughed, a sing-song sort of sound that Bruce found oddly warm. Oh yeah, he said, setting his drink down and leaning against the bar, his hair, shocks of green curls playing against his cheeks and neck, dusting his shoulders. You look like someone ripped your heart out and ran it over with a semi, cupcake. Bruce laughed at that, a Rayal laugh. One he hadn't had in a while. The man grinned and took another drink, crossing his legs, his purple high top bumping against the bar every so often as his foot moved. Bruce took a moment too long to examine the slender leg that led up to the rest of his body from that foot, clad in faded skinny jeans with the knees worn out. Bruce looked away quickly when he felt the green eyes on him, but if the man thought anything of that lingering gaze, he never said so. They ordered another round of shots, the man setting aside his empty glass and joining Bruce, who was growing fuzzier and fuzzier. What's your name? Bruce asked as he set his empty shot glass down, his vision wavering and spinning for a second before it corrected itself. The man smiled as he set his own shot down and reached up to the toy with his curls. Jack, he said, smiling somewhat coyly. Bruce stared at that green curl, before he reached out and threaded some through his fingers. Jack's smile turned more genuine and his lashes began to close, thick blonde, 
a hint to what hid under that green hair dye. His hair was oddly soft, and Bruce smiled at the pleased expression the man gave. I'm Bruce, he said, pulling back before he got carried away, though he was sure touching him was getting carried away. Well Bruce, Jack said, taking up the fresh shot the bartender had set down, here's to forgetting about broken hearts. Bruce raised his shot with a smile and down it. I should call my ride, he said as the bar crowd thickened. He wasn't interested in the claustrophobia the crowds would bring with them. He also knew he was in no shape to drive his car. Why don't you come back to my place? Jack asked. It's just down the block. It'll be faster. I don't know about you, but I'm starving. We could order a pizza or something. Or Chinese. Bruce wasn't sure what took over him in that moment, what he saw. Maybe it was the twinkle in those green eyes, or the small quirk in those lips, the way it pulled the scar tissue along his cheeks, maybe it was the memory of how oddly soft his hair was. But he smiled at him, and said one single word. Sure. The walk was rather nice, it was a warm spring in Gotham, May fresh and blossoming. Bruce had his hands in his pockets as he walked just behind Jack, watched the way his green t-shirt bunched and stretched along his lithe body. They turned into one of the old apartment complexes and began up the stairs. The elevator never works, he had said with a shrug, and so they began up the stairs. Three flights and one creaky hallway later, they stood outside a door as Jack fumbled with his keys. Bruce had pulled his cell phone out and was looking at it as Jack stepped inside. One rule, he said, jarring Bruce back to reality. Put that thing away and don't look at it until you leave. It'll make you miss whoever she is, and the point of getting out is to forget. Bruce hesitated, then shoved his phone in his pocket and stepped inside. Jack locked the door behind him and Bruce looked around. The kitchen was to his left, and if he walked straight he could see the little living room. The walls, an ugly off-white color that was probably prevalent throughout the entire complex, were covered with various pieces of art, photography, sketches, paint, matted and framed quotes. He stared as Jack walked past him into the little kitchen and chucked his keys on the counter, opening the fridge and rummaging around. Sorry if it seems a bit cluttered, he said as Bruce slipped his shoes off and walked towards the living room. There was an old, faded dark floral couch, and a TV set up opposite it against the wall. In front of the window, a huge easel was set up, half-painted, with a little table littered with brushes and paint. Bruce looked at the partially formed lines and splotches of color, then looked at the work on the walls, similar, even when attempting different styles. Are you an artist? he asked, just as Jack walked out, holding two open bottles of beer. He handed one to Bruce and took a swig, shrugging one of his shoulders. I just recreate what I see, what I feel, he offered, but yeah, I guess I am. It pays the bills and all. Though sometimes not by much. He walked over to the couch and sat down, pulling his own phone from his pocket. Do you care what's on the pizza? Not really, Bruce admitted, realizing as he downed a long gulp of the beer that he was starving. He let his eyes roam along the walls, a lot of figures and portraits, 
thick inky lines and bleeding colors, young folks younger than Bruce. He was studying one, a blonde girl with red leaking down from below one eye, black against the other, and a framed, matted quote beneath it. Madness is the emergency exit. It'll be like twenty minutes, Jack said, and Bruce looked over at him. Jack smiled, looked at the work Bruce was studying, and then took a swig from his beer. That's actually from a series, he said, most of it is in storage right now, the originals, anyway. I sold prints of it. I just liked her portrait so much. A girlfriend or something? Bruce asked as he walked over and sat next to him on the couch. Jack laughed and set his beer on the floor. She'd get a kick out of hearing you say that. Nah, just a good friend. Student over at Gotham University, working on her Ph.D. actually. Smart little thing, great model, too. Wore a harlequin suit like no other. He grinned, and Bruce got the feeling there was more to it than that, but he didn't ask. After all, despite the alcohol coursing through him, he knew it wasn't his place. Jack stretched out, gently resting his legs on Bruce's lap and arching his back, the bones cracking. Bruce rolled his eyes, feeling so familiar with him already, and set his own beer on the floor, leaning his head back and closing his eyes. Jack was warm against him, he liked it, really. Just warm enough, and idly, he stroked along his jean-covered calf, feeling lean muscle against his fingers beneath the fabric. Jack shifted a bit, watched, smiled playfully. Bruce opened his eyes and stared at the ceiling, hand tracing up past Jack's knee, to mid-thigh, before back down. He darted his eyes over to Jack and watched as the hand trailed up again, just a bit higher, and Jack's eyes stared back, steady and green and intense and they made Bruce's stomach knot up tight. He didn't know what took over him in that moment, he'd never be able to explain it, really, but he shifted and leaned over, reaching out and sinking his hand into Jack's hair, pulling him up close. Bruce felt his breath ghost against his lips for a moment, and then Jack closed the little gap, kissing him and reaching up to wrap his arms around his neck. Bruce pressed him down into the couch, stretching out so they were chest to chest and their legs could tangle together. Jack arched against him as he nudged Bruce's lips with the tip of his tongue, lips that gave way quickly and released an eager tongue to meet Jack's. Jack clawed at Bruce's shirt, clung to it as his hips pressed up into Bruce and he felt the friction and the heat and the hardness that pressed against his own groin. Jack tasted like alcohol, a strong mix from the shots he took, that Long Island iced tea he's started with, and now the beer. He made Bruce drunk, made his. Head spin and his breath catch like he didn't know a stranger could, and Bruce was tracing one hand down along his side, pushing the hem of his shirt up to rest against his warm, soft skin. Jack mewled into his mouth and Bruce smiled, pushing his hips down and pinning him and forgetting any reserves he might have had suddenly, or that this was a stranger, a man, and those fingers curled around the hem of his jeans. And then there was a knock at the door, followed by a voice loud enough to jolt both of them. The kiss broke, Bruce leaned up, and they stared at each other, blinking for a moment and lost, before they were shifting and Jack was getting up quickly and Bruce was sitting and reaching for his beer and chugging down the rest of it because what the hell was he doing?
Jack came back a moment later, carrying a pizza box. He set it down on the floor and settled on the couch, folding up his legs and tapping his beer bottle against one knee, sucking on his lower lip. Those green eyes had a bit of a hazy look, the kind that tightened that knot in Bruce's gut and reminded him of that hard heat he'd felt against his own groin. Jack had reached for the remote, he had a little table next to the couch, and flipped the TV on, rummaging through the channels and settling on some dark scene that had to belong to a lower-budget horror film. When he opened the pizza box, Bruce raised an eyebrow and forgot the awkwardness he was feeling. Is that spinach? he asked, and Jack grinned sheepishly, handing him a slice. They ate half the pizza, had a few more beers, and before Bruce realized it, it was nearing 2 a.m., they were on bad horror movie number three, and Jack had sprawled out on him again, this time resting against his chest, one of Bruce's arms around him loosely, fingers stroking along his wrist. It felt real, normal, and Bruce wasn't sure he remembered the last time something had happened. Calm, he felt at home with this strange scarred boy and his odd, albeit delicious, taste in pizza, with his warm skin and lithe body. He didn't feel weird with him curled up against him. When Jack yawned and turned, pressing his face into Bruce's chest, something grew fuzzy, tightened under those muscles, and Bruce reached his hand up from his wrists to play with the ends of his hair. Ready to crash? Jack asked, as if it had already been decided that Bruce wasn't leaving. He saw nothing wrong with this conclusion. Yeah, Bruce admitted. Jack nestled into him for another moment, before he pried himself away and flicked the TV off. The room was cast into darkness suddenly, and Bruce waited as Jack moved about, gathering up the pizza box and taking it to his kitchen to pop in the fridge, dropping off the latest empty beer bottles by his fridge. Then he walked back into the dark and took Bruce's hand, guiding him up and through a door that had been originally closed. What little light had peeked in from the cracked curtain in the living room was lacking in Jack's bedroom, and it was pitch black. The green-haired boy stumbled about a bit, before turning on a dim lamp next to the bed. It's more comfy than the couch, he said, and it's big enough for two. Besides, I don't take up much room. Maybe if Bruce had been sober, maybe if he hadn't already tasted Jack's mouth once, he would have had warning bells going off in his head. As it stood, however, he was more than content with the idea of curling up with Jack under a thick blanket and sleeping the drinks off. Bruce smiled at him and Jack grinned back. Want me to try and find you something to wear, he asked as he popped the button on his jeans, an oddly alluring motion, despite how small it was. I'm just gonna be in my underwear, so I'm not freaked out if you say no. Bruce wondered if he would have admitted that if he hadn't been drunk. Regardless, Bruce smiled and declined, deciding he'd like to be curled up with skin on skin. Jack smiled back, and seemed to like that idea too. Bruce walked around the bed and took his shirt off, tossing it to the floor. He did give Jack a bit of privacy and turned away as he undressed, though he swore he felt those green eyes flicker to him every now and then. When he heard the mattress move he turned in nothing but his black boxer briefs, and climbed in as well. Jack was quick to hit the light, and the room was flooded in a cool darkness. Bruce settled down on his back, took a breath, 
waited it out, and then felt Jack shift, move closer, run his fingers along his arm. Bruce smiled, though it would never be seen, and lifted his arm, letting Jack slip in against him and rest against his chest. Best damn pillow ever, Jack muttered against the muscle and soft skin, kissing it gently. You must work out a lot. Not all that much, Bruce admitted, and Jack just shrugged and slipped a leg over his. He closed his eyes as Jack stroked his side, arm draped over him, those fingers on his waist tracing incoherent patterns. He could have drifted just like that. The booze had made him sleepy, hell, that fact that it was 2 a.m. had made him sleepy, his sorrow had exhausted him, and Jack was so utterly inviting he couldn't resist the calmness that swept over him. He was so close to sleep he could feel it, when he realized Jack's fingers were slowly making their way down his side, until they had reached the hem of his underwear. He cracked his eyes open as the pads of his fingers traced along the fabric, the slightest hint of dark hair that poked out to trail up towards his navel. Bruce felt Jack exhale against him, was he nervous, and gave a gentle press of his body up against those fingertips. Maybe in the morning he could think about why, but the yearn for sleep in Bruce's bones subsided for the moment and a yearn for something else began to rise. Jack took a breath and let his hand delve down, over Bruce's cock to palm it through his underwear. The soft touches had left him half-hard, and he pushed against Jack's palm as he continued to harden, closing his eyes against the darkness and exhaling roughly. When Jack stroked him through the fabric, Bruce couldn't keep his hips from gyrating with them. He wanted to feel that hand, those nimble fingers and warm skin wanted to feel how Jack wanted to touch him. Jack moved, as if sensing Bruce's thoughts and pulled his underwear down below his cock, wrapping his hand around the thick member and stroking. Bruce tipped his head back completely, exhaling, groaning, as Jack's palm and fingers slicked with pre-cum. He could feel Jack shifting around, but for the moment didn't care as that hand tortured him. Until it was suddenly replaced by a warm, wet mouth, and Bruce cried out as he was engulfed. Jack's hands were on his hips, not holding him down but steadying his thrusts, and Bruce reached down to clutch one of those hands in his own, so close already. Jack squeezed his hand as Bruce gasped that he was close, and swallowed him deeper, a silent it's okay, and Bruce lost himself, spent down Jack's tight throat. With a cry and a final thrust up into that warm wet mouth. Jack swallowed and clutched Bruce's hand the whole time sucked until Bruce had calmed down and was soft against his lips. Bruce barely registered Jack pulling his underwear back up, or him shifting in the bed, but he felt him curl up against his chest again, sighing somewhat as if he was the one satisfied now and realized Jack still held his hand, fingers entwined now. He squeezed that hand and felt Jack's lips curl into a smile against his skin. Chapter 2 Bruce felt the sun more than he saw it through his eyelids. It was pressing in through the thin curtains in Jack's room, curtains that had been thick enough to keep out the streetlights, but against an early May Gotham sun, they were like sheets of paper. He rolled over, onto his stomach, burying his face in his pillow, and thought of muttering to Alfred to close the windows, he wasn't in the mood, not with the day he'd had. But then he felt the bed shift a little next to him, 
felt a set of fingers reach out and dance delicately along his spine, smelled a sweet scent on the pillowcase that wasn't his cologne, or her perfume. He opened his eyes and Jack smiled at him, his curls a tousled mess, eyes hazy from sleep but warm, inviting. Bruce smiled because there was no other option when staring at that scarred face. Morning sleepy head, Jack said, taking his hand back and sitting up, stretching his arms, the bones of his shoulders cracking. Bruce watched his nearly naked frame, felt his cheeks tinge pink. God, they were both in their underwear. How'd they get to that point? What time is it? Bruce asked as he rolled over and sat up, raked his hands through his dark to smooth it down. Like eleven, Jack said with a shrug, slipping from the bed and walking over to his dresser. Bruce watched, eyes taking down his spine and staring at his ass in the tight purple fabric of his own boxer briefs, before he realized what he was doing and turned his head towards the curtain window. There were other easels in here, one had a half-drawn sketch, the other a nearly finished piece of a red-headed man in a green suit, question marks in his rather enticing eyes. Bruce got up and walked over, looking at the work, and didn't hear Jack walk up behind him. The green-haired boy waited a moment before reaching a hand out and touching Bruce's arm. Bruce looked at him, and Jack was smiling. Do you want to see my work? he asked. Maybe some other time, Bruce admitted. The morning was nearly gone, he needed to get home, get himself cleaned up. God he had things to do, what the hell happened? If Jack was put off by the remark, he didn't show it. He just smiled, batted those blonde eyelashes, and turned to leave the bedroom. Bruce watched him leave, now in a pair of low-hung gray sweatpants and no shirt, before he gathered up his own clothes and put them on. Once Bruce was dressed he walked out of the bedroom, found the living room empty, but could hear Jack rummaging around close by. He walked over to the kitchen, found him by an open cupboard, popping open little orange containers and collecting pills in one of his hands. Bruce leaned against the doorway frame and watched as Jack set three on the counter and reached for another bottle. I won't bite, Jack said without looking back, that it, unless you want me to. He turned and winked as he pulled down the last bottle, popping it open and fishing a pill out. He set it on the counter and put the bottle away as Bruce walked over, looking at the pills as Jack grabbed a glass and ran some tap water in it. Are you okay? he asked, his chest suddenly tight and his heart beating faster at the sight of all that medication. His mind didn't jump to the idea that maybe Jack was a druggie and this was just his morning fix for a moment he thought maybe he was plagued with cancer or something and his heart broke and he didn't know why. Huh. Oh, yeah, he said, gathering up the pills in one hand. I'm not dying or anything. He popped them into his mouth, took a swallow of water, and Bruce watched that pale throat work the pills down. Jack took another drink, then set the glass down. Antipsychotics and all. No cancer, just a screw loose if I don't take my meds. He smiled, and Bruce didn't feel the least bit alarmed. You don't seem crazy to me. He laughed, grinning like a silly fool. Ah, uh, good. My meds are working then. He leaned his hip against the counter. Really though, I swear I'm not that crazy. I've got some sensory issues, 
and without some meds, I just can't deal with everything I take in in a normal way. Jack hoisted himself up onto the counter and sat, scooting closer to Bruce, who idly ran his hands along his thigh, and when he caught himself, he was too embarrassed to stop, because he didn't want Jack to realize Bruce didn't seem to have control around him. Do you just feel too much? Bruce asked, confused, and Jack leaned his head back against the cupboards, closing his eyes. More than that, sugar. Bruce's cheeks tinged. A pet name now. He should get out while he could still see the door. I can see the breath you breathe, the colors laced in it, the way they lace up your skull and into your eyes. I can hear the song in your fingers dash, he reached down, took Bruce's hand and placed it against his belly, Bruce's fingers brushing a scar. When you touch me. I can feel you down to the marrow in my bones. Bruce was silent, didn't know what to say, and just stroked that scar slowly. Jack looked down at him, eyelids heavy, and Bruce leaned closer, as if there was a thread between their lips pulling him in, until he was so close he could feel Jack's breath. Suddenly, his phone was vibrating in his pocket, so much so it was audible. Bruce froze, and part of him cursed, but he leaned back, pulling it out and looking at the name flashing on the screen. Alfred. I've got to go, he said, catching the sadness in his own voice. It's okay, Jack said, slipping off the counter. We've all got lives. Billionaires especially. Bruce's head jerked away from his phone, and Jack just grinned. What? Didn't think I recognized your face and name. I just didn't want to say anything, thought it might be nice for you to leave that behind for a night. Bruce smiled. It had been. Jack turned and reached for a pad of paper on the counter and a pen, scribbling something on it, before tearing it off and turned to Bruce, handing it to him. Call me sometime. His smile seemed tentative and Bruce realized he might be afraid that Bruce wouldn't. Of course, Bruce said, smiling and taking Jack's hand, squeezing it. Why did that make his chest tight? Why was something stirring in him that he couldn't quite put his finger on? They walked to the door as Bruce stuffed the paper in his pocket. Jack opened it and leaned against it as Bruce stood in the doorway, on the threshold of leaving something sweet and oddly calm behind, this apartment, this boy, the whole idea of leaving everything else in his life on the curb and sealing himself away in here was oddly tempting. Bruce reached out, played with a few of Jack's green curls, he'd never liked those crazy hair colors people used, but this fit Jack so perfectly, it was beautiful. Beautiful. He sank his fingers into that hair and tugged Jack closer, kissed his lips gently. He restrained the urge to open his mouth and explore him, because he couldn't explain that but the kiss seemed normal. Why couldn't he kiss a friend? Because people usually do that. Jack reached up and gripped onto his wrist, whimpered against Bruce's lips softly, and then Bruce was leaving, pulling himself away or he'd never leave. He called Alfred once he'd gotten out of the complex, and didn't offer any explanation, just gave him the bar's address and walked down the street to wait. The air was warm and sweet, and he felt oddly light, the heaviness of his heartache gone. He didn't need it, didn't need her, he was Bruce Wayne, and he'll be just fine.
Alfred was there in record time, and Bruce settled into the front passenger seat instead of the back, smiling as Alfred began driving. I was most worried, sir, Alfred said, I came in this morning and you were gone. I called Kenneth and he said he didn't pick you up last night. I feared the worst, Master Bruce. Talia left again, Bruce said, and Alfred sighed. Ah, well, that explains it, sir. I noticed she had come around less frequently, as of late. I'm sorry. I'm not, Bruce said, smiling, and Alfred raised an eyebrow. Well, that's a first then, sir. May I ask how you came to not be sorry? I met this guy, Bruce said, last night, at the bar. And I can't explain it, Alfred, but, but he made me forget her. He was, colorful, to say the least. Alfred said nothing, just continued to drive as Bruce gazed out the window and thought of Jack's smile and the sweetness of his hair. Bruce forced himself to go to the office the next day. He knew he had work to do, a company to run and it would keep his mind off things. He'd called Talia twice the night before, but she had ignored his calls and he'd left voicemails, just wanting to talk. Wanting to know if everything was at least okay. He was proud that he didn't sound as broken as he had felt earlier, but without Jack there to hold his hand and smile at him, he felt like he was falling again a bit. He'd thought of calling Jack while he sat in the office, but realized his number was floating around Bruce's desk in his bedroom, back at the penthouse. He'd never entered it into his phone. Instead, he settled into reading over proposals, and even attending one of the late-running board meetings, leaving the office around seven that night hoping the exhaustion would keep him from missing her too much. Instead, it had just left him starving. He considered stopping somewhere to eat, he didn't feel like making dinner himself, and he had insisted that Alfred be done working well before he was home, he was worried that the man wasn't getting enough rest and time to himself but instead drove his car down familiar streets and walked into a small, dimly lit bar far enough from his part of town that he wouldn't be recognized except by dancing green eyes. A quick scan of the room didn't reveal Jack, and Bruce sat down at the bar and asked for a scotch, thinking he'd have a drink or two, and if Jack appeared he'd spend some time with him. If not he'd go home and try to call Talia half a dozen times. A few sips into his drink though, he felt a hand run up along his back and squeeze his shoulder as a slim body settled down next to him on the stool. Hey there sugar, Jack said, grinning, and Bruce smiled back. Hey stranger. I hoped you'd show up. Well, this is my favorite bar, Jack admitted, though I had no intention of leaving my apartment tonight. I was painting though, when suddenly this voice inside me said I needed a drink, that if I didn't get my ass down here I'd regret it. Guess that voice was right. They laughed and Jack stole Bruce's scotch taking a small sip before handing it back, and when Bruce finished it off, he made sure his lips touched the same spot Jack's had. I'm starving, Bruce said, I've been at my office all day. Wanna grab a bite with me? Jack grinned and reached out, tracing Bruce's hand giving him chills. Brucey, I'd love to. Bruce drove them back towards the center of Gotham, Jack watching the world rush by out the overly tinted window, 
fingers running along the plush seats. They left the car parked off one street and took to the warm night on foot, Bruce still in his slacks and jacket, Jack in another pair of faded and worn skinny jeans and those purple high tops. They looked like two different worlds. Are you sure you're okay with sushi? Bruce asked as they entered the restaurant. Jack grinned. I've put weirder things in my mouth. Bruce's cheeks tinged as the hostess greeted him warmly by name and led them back. He could feel Jack's mouth and he didn't know why. He was missing something. They settled down, and Jack left it up to Bruce what they ate. The lights were low and the room was a bit chilly, Bruce could see the flesh along Jack's v-neck turning to goosebumps. What were you painting? Bruce asked, and Jack grinned. A new piece, he said, I've been inspired, which is good, considering I've been worried my work is getting a bit stale. It's going to be a series, with a spoken word and visual word piece as well. But that tends to be my thing. Why assault your senses with one media, when you can use many? Bruce said nothing and sipped at the water the waiter had given them. He remembered what Jack said about his senses, and he imagined Jack near orgasm with his senses on high overload, God why did he imagine that? I know what you're thinking, Jack said, tapping his fingers on the table. And don't worry, sex doesn't kill me. But it is intense. He grinned, and Bruce's cheeks tinged again. Jack had the uncanny ability to make him blush, it seemed. Why do I need to know that? Why do I want to know that? Bruce ignored it as their food was brought over, and he concentrated instead on eating, which turned into watching Jack's oddly perfect lips move, and his throat work as he swallowed. Conversations died, except every time Jack failed at lifting the sushi with his chopsticks, at which Bruce would laugh and tease him, and after a few times it was Jack's turn to blush, and he lifted the little morsel with his fingers and popped it into his mouth, taking a moment to lick a small dab of wasabi sauce from one fingertip. That pink tongue gave Bruce's blood a racing fire that made him shift in his seat. When they were done, they headed back out to the streets, now lively as nightlifers headed to and from restaurants, shops, clubs and shows. Interested in another few drinks? Jack asked, and Bruce laughed. I have to be at the office in the morning, he said, and Jack pouted. Babe, you own the company, I think you can be out a little late. Bruce rolled his eyes, but realized he liked the pet names, in the pit of his belly. Sorry, but there are meetings, I need to be there. Jack kept his pout and leaned against the wall of a building, folding his arms. But if you're interested, I'd love to meet for a drink after. This time it was Jack's turn to decline. I can't sugar. I've got an exhibit going live Saturday afternoon, I'll be spending all of tomorrow finishing the setup. He reached out and took Bruce's hand, pulling him close so Bruce had to press his forearm to the wall to steady himself. Why don't you come see it? He asked, lifting Bruce's hand and kissing a fingertip. I promise it won't be that boring. Even if you just stop by. Art had never been Bruce's thing, he could admire classical pieces with the other rich snobs, but only when it was required. 
Jack's eyes were pleading though and Bruce realized this meant something to him. Sure, he said, smiling. I'd like that. Bruce drove Jack back to his apartment, and made a note in his phone of the address and time for Saturday. Jack took his time taking his seatbelt off, hesitating. Bruce watched him suck on his lower lip, before he was leaning over the seats, reaching for Bruce. One hand gripped his shoulder, while the other gripped the headrest of his seat as he pressed their lips together. Bruce felt him quivering, and reached out, rested a hand on his waist and let those lips move against his. He should have gently pushed him off, should have told Jack they were just friends, he wasn't interested in men, but he found his mouth responding, his lips moving lazily with Jack's, and realized he didn't want to deny him. Thanks for dinner, Jack said, nearly out of breath as he leaned back. Bruce just smiled. I'll see you Saturday. A nod, and then Jack was untangling himself and out of the car, sprinting into the building because he was afraid Bruce would change his mind, and he couldn't bear to hear that. Bruce drove home with the taste of Jack's mouth in his, and the image of him sucking on his lower lip like an unsure portrait of desire. Jack thought of Bruce Thursday as he worked. He tried not to miss him, tried to remind himself he'd see him that weekend, tried to tell himself he wasn't a high. Schoolgirl, and it was silly to get so excited about someone who was still, in many respects, a stranger. But his heart beat like a hummingbird in his chest, and everything reminded him of those dark eyes. That night, he got a text from Bruce. He'd been afraid Bruce had thrown his number away, and he nearly squealed, was thankful in that moment he didn't have a roommate and that he hadn't been in public. It was a simple message, an apology that he had been so busy that day and a good night wish. Jack tumbled down into his bed with his phone, pressed his face into the pillow Bruce had used and smelled his cologne. Then he wished Bruce a good night, added a heart, and closed his eyes to remember how it felt to be pressed into Bruce's warm chest as he slept. Chapter 3 I'm telling you, Harley, Jack said, the next day as he lifted a large framed canvas and guided it onto a hook, the man is gorgeous. The blonde rolled her eyes as she watched him hang the work, and when he stepped back she walked over and straightened it. You say that about all of them, she said, and Jack frowned. Make me out to be a whore, thanks doll. I mean it, I like Bruce. There's something, about him. You've spent all of two nights with this guy, she said, picking up a smaller piece and hanging. Jack hung one right next to it, a few stray curls coming loose from the lazy ponytail he had resting against his neck. I don't think you can say much about how you feel, yet. Remember how I felt with Eddie? Harley stopped, eyeing Jack from the corner of her eye. Yeah, was all she said. He never brings Eddie up, not in this context. The breakup was too hard on him. Well, these butterflies are stronger. Tenfold, easily. Jack stepped back, fixing one of the sleeves on his purple plaid shirt as it tried to unroll from his elbow. I got them when I first saw him. And when we kissed. Oh lord, there was a fucking sharknado in my gut. Harley would have laughed at the horrid movie reference, but she was staring at him. Wait, you kissed the guy. 
I never pictured Wayne as being into dudes. Eh, we were drunk. Jack shrugged his shoulders. The first time, anyway. He kissed me in the morning when he left and he let me kiss him the other night. He never tried to stop me. Harley contemplated this as she walked around the large room, the walls filled with work, a large string of it involving her. I'm shocked you pulled out the Harlequin series again, she said, trying to change the subject while she internally pondered this sudden shift in life events for her best friend. I figured you were sick of it. Never sick of you, pumpkin, he said, winking at her. Besides, it hasn't been seen since what, that one exhibit I had seven or eight months ago. It's still a crowd favorite, maybe we'll sell a few prints of it. You could make a fortune on the originals, Harley pointed out, if you'd just part with them. Jack shook his head. He didn't like to part with much of his work at all, though he had, over the years, as the original pieces always sold better than the prints, and at much higher costs. As it stood, he used the attic of his apartment. Building as storage, paying a rather high monthly rent on that to keep the work he didn't hang in his apartment in there. Maybe someday he would, but as it stood he liked it too much. It was how he expressed the things no one understood, the world he soaked in that no one even saw. Besides, he wanted to give one of the larger pieces in the set to Harley, he was just waiting for the right occasion. I'm painting him, you know, Jack said, walking over to Harley and putting an arm around her shoulders, giving her a gentle squeeze. She reached up, covered his hand with her own and sighed. Does he know? Jack shook his head. Oh Pudden, what are you getting yourself into? Bruce was sitting on his couch, looking over some papers he'd brought home from the office, when the elevator opened to the main floor of the penthouse, and he heard a young, rather eager voice greeting Alfred and asking, where the hell Bruce was now? He's in the parlor, sir, Alfred replied, and the young man clapped him on the shoulder, thanked him, and walked in, tossing his dark hair out of his eyes. Bruce, how the hell are you? Bruce set the papers down and stood up, grinning. Dick, what brings you here? He hugged the man, patting him on the back. And I've been better. Trying to figure out where you've been. Haven't heard from you recently, heard a nasty rumor down the grapevine though. Bruce didn't say anything, and Dick frowned. Shit, she really left again. He nodded, and the two sat down on the couch. Well, good for you, you're better without Talia. I say this every time, man. It's really better for you. I've been telling myself that, Bruce admitted. Dick smiled. His gray eyes were sparkling. We'll just have to go out. I'm sure all the ladies in Gotham will nearly wet their panties knowing you're a bachelor, again. Bruce laughed, but shook his head. Thanks Dick but. I'm not really interested. Dick leaned forward, arms resting on his legs, and eyed Bruce, before a big grin took over his face. Bruce, I'll be damned, you've already met someone, haven't you? I can see it in your eyes. Bruce flushed a bit and shook his head, just as Alfred walked out with a tray of coffee. No. Well, yes, sort of. 
It's complicated, Dick. It's not what you think at all. Bruce nodded his thanks to Alfred, who had the hint of a smile on his face knowing exactly who Bruce meant, who flustered him so. Truth be told, he had never been fond of Talia, she tore Bruce up too much. The giddiness Bruce had been trying to hide when he spoke and thought of Jack made Alfred happy. I met this guy at a bar the other night. Dick stopped sipping his coffee and stared. Whoa, 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 guy. Damn Bruce, I've been telling you for years you ought to give us a shot. Guys are just dash. I said it's not what you think. Bruce sighed. We're not, not together, or anything. He's just, something about him. It calms me, he's peaceful. It's like someone put hot coals inside me when I'm with him. Dick chuckled. Yeah, not what I think at all, sure Bruce. Dream boy has a man. Jack, Bruce said, and really, it's not. I mean, I don't think. I kissed him a few times, but dash. Dick laughed. Dude, you don't just kiss a guy and say it's nothing dash. But it was just a kiss. You sure? Cause your blush says otherwise. Bruce reached up and touched his cheek, hot and flushed. He frowned. He didn't know why he got so flustered thinking of Jack, of kissing him, touching him. He remembered being entangled with him on the couch, his fingers tracing along the hem of his jeans. He remembered their hips grinding, how he was hard and he didn't know why, how Jack was too, and he hadn't remembered that before, not until now. Yes. No. I think. I was drunk, Bruce admitted, and Dick laughed even more. God Bruce, you probably had an ass full of cock and don't even remember Dash. Dick. That too. Dick was laughing and Bruce wanted to punch him. He settled for a gentle hit to the arm, and Dick calmed down slowly. Okay, okay, I'm sorry Bruce. So you met this guy, and suddenly you don't care about Talia? Yeah, he admitted. Well, when I'm with him. I haven't seen him in a few days, so she's creeping back into my thoughts. But I'm going to see him tomorrow, he's an artist and he's got a show or exhibit or something. Suddenly, Bruce smiled. Why don't you come with me? That way you can meet him, then you'll understand. Dick, who was more interested in art than Bruce, smiled. Okay, on the condition that I can bring Jason. The man needs some culture. Deal. The two smiled, and Bruce felt a little lighter. Bruce met Dick downtown Saturday evening, as the sun was setting and the street lights were coming on. Jack hadn't said it was anything fancy, and Bruce couldn't imagine it being so, considering they were in the club district of the city, so he'd opted for jeans and a light, soft black sweater of a gray button-down. Dick had stuck to a blue and black striped sweater, and waved to him from where he stood, waiting. It's just down the block, I think, Bruce said, looking at the address on his phone. Second to last building. Bruce looked up, met a pair of startling blue eyes, and Jason's smug grin. How do you know? Been in this part of town plenty of times, he said, flicking his cigarette and then taking a drag. Didn't expect to see you in this part, though, Brucey. -E.
He winked, and Bruce rolled his eyes. He knew Dick was crazy about Jason, but sometimes he wanted nothing more than to slap the younger man. They headed down the street, stopped at the second-to-last building, just as Jason had said, and saw a rather large amount of people streaming in. Bruce stopped, he hadn't expected to see any sort of real crowd. Dick watched, then looked at the windows to the building, which was a permanent pop culture and contemporary art exhibit, and his mouth fell open as he read the flyers. Bruce, you're Jack, is he Jack Napier? Bruce shrugged a shoulder and looked at the flyers. He never told me his last name, actually. But he's the only artist listed, so it must be Dash. Bruce, you're an idiot. He turned to Dick, who was shaking his head. God, you had me thinking we were going to basically some high school art show. Jack Napier is the most popular young contemporary artist in Gotham. His work is just, extraordinary. Bruce started. Dick couldn't really mean his Jack. He hadn't had the personality, the vanity, for that. He's not lying, Jason said, tossing down his cigarette and stomping it out. His work is insanely popular. Most people I know have at least one print of his work somewhere. A few people are lucky enough to have originals, but not many. He likes to keep those. Jack does have his work in storage, he said. Bruce, you remember that fire back two years ago, that burned down those old warehouses? Bruce nodded. You know the series of prints I have of it in my living room? Another nod. Yeah, those are Jack's. He happened by the area when it happened, had his camera, and stayed taking shots all night. He put them into a 30-image series, from start to finish, though most people shorten it to just six, since not a lot of us have the room for all those. He was even in the paper for staying there all night, he donated most of the money he made to the victims that lived in the one apartment building on that street that was partially burnt as well. Bruce started. He did remember that, but he never, he never thought this Jack could be the same one. Jesus, only you would pick someone like Jack as your first gay experience, Dick said. Come on, we should get inside while we still can. The three headed inside, cramming on the elevator with others to head up to the third floor, where Jack's work was out. When the elevator opened they were. Greeted by a small waiting area that had been decorated with a few black and white photographs he'd taken, and the doorway to the main, large room, which had a few other side rooms filled with art as well. They stepped into the room, just as people were gathering towards one corner, and followed the crowd. I can't thank everyone enough for coming out tonight, Jack was saying, smiling at all the faces he could see. His green curls were pulled into a loose ponytail over one shoulder, and he'd lined his eyes in a smoky black that gave him a rather androgynous look. His black shirt was hanging off one pale shirt, black and flowing, and if Bruce had thought about it, he'd surely note cut it for women. First, let's all give a round of thanks to my good friend, Oswald. The room applauded, and Oswald Cobblepot walked out, large and well-dressed with a thin, glittering woman hanging onto one arm. He's always the first to offer up a floor to me when I want a show. I owe you some work, my friend. Maybe of your new lovely lady friend, 
if she sticks around long enough. Everyone laughed, including Oswald, who didn't deny how quickly he went through arm candy. His money allowed for that. We'll set a date, he promised. And it's always my pleasure Jack, your work brings life into this place. I've been a fan since you first came onto the scene. Jack smiled and tipped his head, before addressing the crowd again. And, as always, I'd like to thank the most beautiful woman in my life, my darling Harley. Harley, come here doll. He reached a hand out and she sauntered over, her thick blonde curls bouncing as she let him wrap it around her and squeeze. I wouldn't be here without her love and support. She's the best friend and model I could ask for. The room applauded, rather loudly, Bruce noted, before Jack. Spoke again. And for all of you curious, we have set out the Harlequin series, which of course stars this lovely woman. There was more applause, before Jack cleared his throat to finish. And finally, before I let you all break open Oswald's expensive champagne and hopefully not find my work too dull dash, there were laughs, I'd like to announce that I am working on a new series of pieces, that hopefully I will be able to have in an exhibit sometime this coming fall, if all goes according to plan. When it's finished and Oswald and I have set a date, we will be sure to let the city know. There was more applause, before the crowd broke. Bruce watched them go, eyes on Jack, who had been taken aside by a young couple who were very eagerly talking to him. Don't wait, Dick said, nudging Bruce forward, if you don't hurry, you'll never get his attention. Everyone always clamors for time with Jack at these things. Bruce took a deep breath, then pressed through the room, slipping his hands in his pockets to try and look casual. He was glad that Jack, despite the rather glorified shirt, still had on skinny jeans, these ones were an inky blue with a thick black tuxedo stripe up the side of each leg and his signature purple high tops. Jack, he said, as he neared, and Jack turned. He stared for a moment, before his face broke into a huge grin. He turned to the couple and thanked them for coming, before excusing himself and rushing over to Bruce. Bruce, he said, wrapping his arms around him in a sudden hug that Bruce didn't even have time to return. I'm so glad you came. He smiled up at him, and Bruce felt his chest tighten, would have blushed if he hadn't fought it down, knowing Dick and Jason were nearing. Thanks for inviting me, he said, I had, I had no idea, Jack, that you were a big deal. You didn't make your work seem so, popular. He shrugged his shoulders gently. I don't play myself up, he said, I'm not interested in that. Just in making my work and letting others enjoy it. He cocked his head a little when Dick and Jason came up to Bruce, who glanced at them. Oh, Jack, this is Dick, a childhood friend, and his boyfriend, Jason. Hi, Jack said, smiling and offering a small wave of his pale hand. It's an honor to meet you, Dick said, reaching out and shaking said hand. I've got some of your work in my home. Really? Which pieces? Jack asked, face lighting up. Everything burns, the abridged edition. It's hanging right in my parlor where everyone can see it. It's about the only thing anyone ever comments on. 
I'm so glad you're enjoying it, Jack said, especially if you're a friend of Bruce's. Let me know if there's another piece you like, I've got prints of most of my work, if you'd like a new conversation starter. Dick beamed, and Bruce knew he'd never hear the end of this. Pudden, are you going to just leave me in the dark? Harley walked over, hands on her rounded hips, her heels clicking against the floor. Jack smiled and wrapped an arm around her. I'm sorry. Guys, this is Harleen Quinzel, my main model and longtime friend. He gave her a squeeze. Harley, this is Jason, Dick, and Bruce, who I was mentioning earlier. She eyed the first two quickly, then took Bruce's hand and shook it, staring at him intently. Nice to meet you, Bruce, she said, Jack has said many good things about you. Bruce smiled, he could hear the venom in her voice, and for a moment he thought he was meeting Jack's mother. Jack had to excuse himself to mingle with other guests, but promised he'd return soon. Dick, eager to have a look at the works on display, took Jason by the arm and guided him away, leaving Bruce to walk the room with Harley. It's good that you came, she said, stopping at a piece Jack had sketched and colored in running, watery paint of a woman slowly transforming into a bird. Jack would have been heartbroken if you hadn't. You were all he talked about yesterday when we were setting up. Really? Bruce asked, looking at her, but she only shot him a glance. Really? He's taken quite a liking to you. Honestly, I haven't seen him like this in quite some time, not since his ex, anyway. So let me ask you something, Bruce. This time she did turn to him. What's all this to you? Bruce stared at her for a moment. All, this? Yeah, you and Jack. What is it? He keeps saying that you're just friends, but I can hear it in his voice, he's got hopes even if he won't voice them. He's smitten and if you're going to break his heart, do it now before he's in too deep. Bruce stared at her for a moment, before he closed his eyes, trying to think of words, anything to say. But he felt Jack's hand in his instead, felt the cool darkness surrounding them and those fingers trailing down his body, touching places hot and hard and wanting. And he felt that mouth and he opened his eyes and he remembered. And he needed to find Jack. That very second. Excuse me, Bruce said, dodging Harley's question and briskly walking away in search of the artist. Harley watched him go, arms folded undecided on how she felt about the famous Bruce Wayne. Bruce found Jack as he was walking back into the main room grabbed him by the arm and turned him gently. We need to talk, Bruce said in a hushed voice. Okay Dash. Not here. Is there somewhere we can go, for a minute or two? Jack nodded, guiding Bruce towards the elevators. They got on one and he hit the fourth button. The elevator shot up, just for a moment, before it opened and Jack led him out into a carpeted hallway. Top floor is just for storage and stuff, Jack said, no one should be up here. What's up, sugar? They had walked away from the elevator, and Jack leaned against one richly papered wall, color and textured framing him unlike the harsh white of the lower levels, meant to not detract from the art. Bruce took a deep breath. Jack. I, we. 
What happened between us? Jack stared, and Bruce tried to clarify, while still dodging the subject. The other night when we were drunk. Jack's cheeks tinged pink, and Bruce had his answer before the man even spoke. Fuck, Jack muttered, slumping a bit. Shit Bruce, I wasn't sure if you remembered or not, and I... I didn't want to bring it up. I'm sorry, we were drunk and I was so out of line. He bit his lower lip, bringing color to it. I swear, I'm not going to tell anyone. I bet you're pissed. Bruce probably should have said yes, but he wasn't. He wasn't sure what he was. On the one hand, the memories were glorious now that they had returned, and on the other, he had butterflies standing here alone with Jack. Neither thing was negative. No, Bruce finally said. I'm not. I'm just, confused. I'm not, I mean, I've never dash. Been with a guy. He nodded. Yeah, I sorta figured. Bruce waited for a moment, and when he didn't speak, he asked. You have been. Jack laughed, the rich sound invading Bruce's mind and sending it floating. Oh yeah, Jack said, I'm not really into women. At all. The only exception is Harley, and we only ever fucked a few times, when we were bored and drunk and horny and alone. He shrugged his shoulders. Bruce nodded, not entirely sure what to say, if anything. So Jack took the conversation up again. If you want to leave, I understand. I won't call you or anything. Bruce watched those lips move, the way the light in those eyes dimmed and leaving was the last thing he wanted. He reached out, cupping Jack's face in his hands and guided him up, kissing those lips gently. Jack froze for a second, before he melted into Bruce, reaching out to clutch at his sweater as their mouths moved together. Bruce kept it brief, sweet, and when he pulled back he ran his thumbs along the scars on Jack's face silently wondering about them for the first time. Jack's eyelids were heavy at the touch, and his lips parted as he whimpered. Bruce mentally noted he liked his scars being touched but stopped because he wasn't sure what he was doing or if he was ready for that. I can't promise you anything, Bruce said, but you do something to me, Jack. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't know if this is, something more than just friendship, but I'm not leaving. Just go slow with me, okay? Jack smiled and nodded. That was hope and hope was better than nothing. Bruce wanted to leave with Jack, but he'd be at the gallery until early in the morning cleaning up and mingling. Bruce left with Dick and Jason well before that, Dick asking, and eagerly listening, as Bruce recounted the upstairs encounter. And then he squealed like a child. Oh Bruce. This is fantastic. You're dating one of Gotham's most popular artists. Of the sheer scandal for you, it's delicious. We're not dating, Bruce corrected. We're friends. I don't know what this is, but I'm going to find out. Slowly, though. Jason said nothing, having lit a fresh cigarette. He watched the two bicker playfully on the subject idly, knowing he'd be hearing all about it again on the way back to Dick's apartment. Chapter 4 
Bruce woke up early the next day and settled into the parlor with a cup of coffee and his cell phone. He wanted to call Jack, he wanted to see him. The gallery had given them precious few moments together and even though he said he needed to take this slow, he knew he'd get nowhere if he didn't see, or at least talk to, the young man. It was about nine when he called, curling up and pulling on the fabric of his black sweatpants nervously. The phone rang for a bit, and he was afraid it was going to go straight to voicemail, when a tired voice finally answered, Hello? Hey, Bruce said, and he could hear the sleepy smile on Jack's face as he spoke. Hey there sugar. Did I wake you? Yeah, Jack admitted, and Bruce could hear him roll around for a second to get comfortable, but it's okay, someone had to. I was at the gallery until around two. Jesus, Bruce said, go back to sleep then, I can call back some other dash. No way. He sounded more alert now. Not a chance babe, I'm up now. Bruce bit his lip, mind going to a dangerous place where Jack was up in a different sense, and he cursed himself, because he wasn't ready for that. Right? Are you busy today? I was sort of hoping we could, hang out for a little while. Bruce felt like he sounded like a teenager, but it really was true. He just wanted to spend some time with Jack. As a matter of FACT, Jack said, I'm totally free, and would love to see you, Bruce. Bruce smiled at that, felt the tightness in his chest back as he ran his fingers along his own leg, could feel Jack's fingers instead. It was around 11 when Bruce left to pick Jack up. He'd showered, and spent an agonizingly long amount of time staring in the mirror, fixing his short dark hair and making sure he looked alright. Jeans, black t-shirt, casual grey jacket, once it wouldn't have mattered, but now Bruce wondered if he looked good enough. Like he wanted to impress. He'd barely pulled up to the curb when Jack was walking out of his apartment complex, his hair a mess of gorgeous free curls, his signature skinny jeans and purple high tops present. Bruce smiled when he got in the car. Hey, he said, and Jack smiled back. Hi Cupcake. He closed the door and fixed one of the sleeves of his green plaid button down, it was trying to unroll from his elbow, and Bruce took a moment to look at his chest, framed by a tight v-neck under the shirt, the upper half purple, the lower inky black. Somehow Jack always looked so casually gorgeous. What really caught Bruce though was the expensive-looking camera hanging from his neck. Jack saw his gaze before Bruce turned to the road and pulled into traffic, and traced along the camera's edge. I figure, if we're going for a casual walk, it'd be good to have, he admitted, you never know what you'll see. And I'd hate to find and then lose inspiration. It's the worst feeling. Bruce just nodded. He didn't know about that but he didn't mind the camera. It made this seem a bit less awkward, if Jack had a reason to be in Gotham Central Park. Bruce just thought it had been a nice idea, a public space so he couldn't find himself in any sort of situation he wasn't ready for, not that he thought Jack would purposely put him in one, but he wasn't trusting his own self-conscious at this point and it gave them no real distractions so if they wanted to really talk, they could. They parked the car and walked down the block to the park, 
crossed the street and stepped onto the paved path that wove its way between the lush green grass and tall trees. They could hear children laughing at the playground in the distance, various people sitting on the benches that dotted the area. I haven't been here in a while, Jack said, brushing the curls out of his face that the wind blew. I forgot how pretty it was. I'd think you'd be here a lot, Bruce said, taking a deep breath of fresh spring air as they walked at a lazy pace. Being an artist and all. Jack shook his head. Nah. I tend to stick to more industrial topics or people. Nature never really did too much for me, but I dunno now. It's rather pretty. Or maybe it's just cause I'm here with you. He reached out and took Bruce's hand, smiling, and Bruce figured he should have had some retort waiting, some way to brush the sweetness off because they were just friends and that made it seem like there was more. Instead he squeezed Jack's hand, and watched him raise his camera and snap a shot of a few of the trees. The park itself was rather large, though most visitors didn't go past the first half where the playground stood. Bruce was watching some of the kids playing idly as Jack snapped a few more photos, when suddenly he heard, Hey Bruce, over here. He turned to Jack and heard the camera click. He laughed, reaching out towards him as it clicked again. Stop, he said, grabbing him by the side of his shirt and pulling him over, one more click going off before Jack dropped it and let it hang. From his neck as he was hoisted into Bruce's arms. He was laughing too, and he leaned his forehead against Bruce's chest as he tried to compose himself, closed his eyes and focused on Bruce's heat and the way his chest moved when he breathed. Bruce was stroking the curve of his waist, chuckling himself. When Jack looked up with those green eyes though, he stopped, watched those lips part as he breathed, and remembered what they tasted like. He wanted them again. Jack saw it in Bruce's eyes, tried to lean up, but Bruce turned his head slightly and released Jack. Hey, let's grab some ice cream, he said, heading towards the cart he saw in the distance, and Jack sighed, walking along behind him. Despite the thwarted kiss though, Jack was happy with the ice cream cone Bruce bought him. He licked at the chocolate as they settled down on a bench, further down the path so the populated portions of the park were just a splotch in the distance. So how long have you been doing your art? Bruce asked in between licks of vanilla. He felt like a kid sitting here, but it was nice. He liked that calm, warmness Jack caused in him, despite that he thought he should be nervous, it was hard to actually feel it. Since I was about 16, Jack said. I started doing minor stuff then, mostly just sketches and scribblings. When I moved out at 17, I crashed with Harley and she told me I should get serious. By the time I was 20 I had a small collection, and I was featured in a few local shows. Nothing like Oswald's place, though. But five years later, here I am. It just sort of blew up once my work got out there. You lived with Harley? Bruce asked, and Jack nodded. Yeah. She was there for me when I needed her, opened up her home to me and everything. I'd probably be dead if it weren't for her. If there was more to the story, Jack didn't offer it. Bruce wanted to ask, but something about those eyes, the way they seemed so focused on the remains of Jack's ice cream cone and not on him or the world around him, 
told Bruce not to push it. Not today. Maybe it has something to do with those scars. They finished their ice cream and just sat there together, listening to the wind and the birds and in the very faint distance the sounds of kids and people. Bruce watched the dots move in the distance, while Jack peered through his lens, examining the world with different eyes. He turned on the bench, then began to scramble up onto his knees, the sound of the shutter on the camera working furiously making Bruce look behind him as well. What? he asked, and Jack pointed at a set of cardinals sitting in a tree together. The red, he said, it's glorious against everything else. He shifted a bit, before without any warning he climbed over Bruce, straddling him and leaning past him to get a different angle. Bruce made a sound, but instead of pushing Jack off steadied him by the waist as he leaned further. God, don't knock us both over, Bruce said, and Jack settled back down, laughing. Sorry, I just want to make sure I've got shots of them. That red. I could use it, I know I could. He smiled, looking at Bruce, and he stroked the artist's waist, moving his hand down to his hip. Jack carefully let his camera hang at his neck, running his hands over Bruce's chest, mumbling something about liking this new seat, and Bruce just smiled. When he kissed Bruce, he wasn't prepared. Jack was fast, it came out of nowhere, one moment Bruce was staring at those pretty eyes, and the next that mouth was assaulting him and he was dizzy and gripping onto Jack's hip to steady himself. Jack wrapped his arms around Bruce's neck and pressed his pelvis into him, closing the gap as much as he could around the obstacle his camera created. Bruce wrapped both arms around him as he tipped his head back and opened his mouth. Jack tasted like chocolate, his mouth cold where Bruce remembered it was warm, yet he could be back on the man's couch, pressing into him and delving into that warmth, letting it spread through his body. Jack kissed Bruce like no one had. He lacked a rhythm sometimes, he just moved and reacted and Bruce loved the unpredictability. He opened him up like Talia never could, like no woman ever had. He made Bruce feel vulnerable, but it didn't matter because it was Jack and he was too infatuated with Bruce to ever let anyone see the weakness. It was for him, only. Bruce, he whispered against his lips, his tongue tracing the lower one gently. Tell me to stop. What? Bruce whispered, before he closed the gap and kissed Jack, not wanting to lose the connection. His sanity was gone, and he didn't care that they were in public, that Jack was a man and Bruce swore he hadn't been interested, he just wanted that mouth that was warming up, the feeling of his belly being in knots, his chest tight yet fluttery. He wanted it all. Tell me to stop, Jack whispered between kisses, sinking his hands into Bruce's hair as one of Bruce's hands glided down his spine, cupped his ass and Jack moaned and Bruce felt it jolt through him like electricity. Or I won't stop. I'll never stop. I'll never stop. Bruce didn't want him to stop, and the realization made him shake. He clung to Jack tighter, kissed him harder, until Jack was shaking too, about to burst with everything he was taking in. S stop, Bruce whimpered against that mouth, not because he wanted to, but because he had to. This wasn't the place, this wasn't taking it slow. He didn't want to dive in, only to realize he couldn't swim and leave Jack treading water alone. Jack pulled back the moment Bruce spoke, 
his cheeks flushed, and looked away. Bruce slipped his hands higher, until one reached up and stroked some of Jack's hair. This isn't a good place, he said, offering him the sweetest smile he could, because those green eyes looked so sad. Yeah, Jack admitted, but Bruce still felt something in his chest crack. Jack found it hard to sleep that night. He tossed and turned in his bed, clung to his pillow but Bruce's scent was faded, tangled his legs in his blanket but it wasn't enough. He wanted that solid body next to him again, wanted Bruce's heat and presence and overall perfection to lull him into sleep. Instead, he got up, took a look at the clock, which read midnight, and walked over to one of his easels, set up by the window. He pulled one curtain open so streetlight flooded in and picked up his brush, sucking on his lower lip as he set to work lining that perfect jawline in black, those lips he could still feel, tinting them the perfect fleshy pink. Bruce settled back into his chair at the bar, sipping on his scotch, smiling as Dick talked. He was going on about the latest act for his modern circus, and... Bruce was somewhat amused, though his mind had been elsewhere the whole day. He'd wanted to see Jack, but a day at the office limited his time, and he'd promised to grab a drink or two with Dick. So here he sat, wondering what the man was up to. He'd sent him a few texts, but he hadn't gotten a response back yet. You should come see a show, Bruce, Dick was saying as he finished his drink. The circus will be in town for a few nights of the tour. When he didn't respond, Dick gave him a sly smile. Why don't you bring Jack? You know, I bet he'd like it. It's right up his alley, I mean, we, re Cirque du Soleil, just better. Bruce tapped his fingers thinking about it. Friday night, Dick said, and Bruce gave him a soft smile. I'll ask him. Jack sat under the hot midday sun the next day, sipping at his raspberry lemonade as Harley picked at her sandwich. You're not even into that sort of science, he was saying, leaning back, pushing his sunglasses up higher. It was too bright for him, he hadn't left his apartment since he returned Sunday afternoon. He'd been so enthralled by his work, he actually forgot to eat. Harley had let herself in with the key he'd given her when he first moved in, and had nearly had a fit. While she supported his art, she wasn't interested in him becoming a hermit or going malnourished. Well, I mean, it might be interesting dash. But really, you want to go because it's Dr. Isley. Harley shrugged a shoulder, and Jack grinned. He knew the Dr. Harley had brought up when they sat down to lunch he'd seen her before at other talks she gave that Harley had. Dragged him to. She was into plants far from the science of the mind Harley studied. But then again, this wasn't about the topic of the speech. It was about Harley's little crush, which Jack found positively adorable. Oh, fine, he said, I'll go with you tomorrow afternoon but only because I love you, Pumpkin. He winked, and she giggled. Oh Pudden, I love you too. And when she smiled Jack knew it was true, she was a mirror of him, and she loved him because she loved herself, and that was all right. He loved her just the same. When he got back to his apartment and checked his phone, he saw he had a missed call from Bruce. He'd texted Jack a few times, 
but Jack had been so engrossed he hadn't responded. The mix of heartache at Bruce's slight rejection, coupled with the hope that it was just bad placement had left him wanting to create. He couldn't deny that urge. Still, he felt bad about not responding. And now he'd even called. Jack could just call him back, but he felt like he needed to do more. So he headed back out the door and caught the bus heading for Inner Gotham. Wayne Enterprises was not a hard building to find. In fact, it stood out so much so that it was nearly painful. Jack stared up at it for a moment, tried to picture it in the dark Gotham his head was creating, and saw broken windows and rusted metal and a man with a mask peering down in shame at the city. He shook his head and walked inside. The air conditioner hit him full on and he shivered, shoving his hands in his pockets. Now, he just had to figure out where Bruce was. He walked casually towards the elevator, standing out among everyone and their suits, but no one was looking at him. Jack was invisible but he wasn't unused to that. He reached out and ran his finger along a small directory but it didn't list names, only general titles grouping multiple people together. Nowhere did it say, the man who owns you all, so he was stuck shifting from foot to foot, lost. When a teenager stepped up and hit the up arrow on the elevator, he turned and smiled. Hey, do you know which floor Bruce Wayne is on? The boy looked at him, all wide amber eyes and short dark hair. He had a cute face. He's on the eleventh floor, he said, shifting the papers he was holding in his arms. But you can't see him without an appointment. You can't see anyone without an appointment especially him. Jack clicked his tongue and pushed his curls back. I'm a friend, he started, and felt the boy's eyes running along his cheeks, along his scars. He pushed the curls back into his face to hide them. Wait, are you Jack Napier? Jack raised an eyebrow, but nodded. Oh my god, your work is amazing. What are you doing here? This is one of the last places I'd expect to see you. Like I said, Bruce is a friend, Jack said with a smile. So, the eleventh floor, right? Tim, the boy said, Tim Drake. And yeah, the eleventh floor. I'm heading up now, this paperwork is for him. I'm interning here. Shouldn't you be in school? My classes are all in the morning so I can do this. The elevator finally came, and Tim climbed on, Jack following and hitting the eleven for him. Tim nodded his thanks. Like I said though, you need an appointment, usually. The secretary won't let you through. She's a real bitch. He shifted again. Are you really Mr. Wayne's friend? On my honor, Jack said, and Tim smiled. Then follow my lead, and there might be hope. They got off on the eleventh floor and walked through the busy halls, Jack following Tim. When they turned into one room, Jack saw an older woman sitting at a desk, typing away. They walked quietly, but just as they were about to turn the corner, she looked up. Tim, she said, and they froze. Who is this? This is Jack, he said, he's here to see Mr. Wayne. 
She ran her eyes over Jack, over ripped skinny jeans and his faded vermilion t-shirt and open black button-down. Then she asked. You cannot see Mr. Wayne without an appointment. He has one, Tim said, it's just not in the books. He's an artist, you see, and Mr. Wayne asked me to track him down. Dick Grayson is a fan, and Mr. Wayne wanted to discuss having a piece of work commissioned for Mr. Grayson. The woman hesitated, then waved her hand and looked back at her computer. Tim and Jack hurried down the hall, and when they were out of earshot Jack said, rather awestruck. How did you know Dick's a fan? You hear a lot of things when you work as an intern. Everyone forgets you exist, or have ears. Have you met Mr. Grayson? He came to my last exhibit with Bruce. Tim nodded as they stopped at a door. I wish I could have gone. I've always wanted to see your work displayed, it's so amazing. Tim sighed. This is it. I've got to give him these papers, but then I'll leave you two alone. I won't forget this, Tim, Jack said, smiling and ruffling his hair. Tim blushed, then opened the door and stepped in. Bruce was sitting at his desk, intently reading a contract. Just put the papers on the desk, Tim, he said without looking up, and Tim did as he was asked. He was almost to the door when Jack cleared his throat, and Bruce looked up to see his smiling face. Hey sugar. Bruce smiled, and Tim crept out, sure now that Jack had been telling the truth. Jack walked over to the desk, leaning his hip against it and tracing his fingers along the arm of Bruce's chair. I was starting to think you dropped off the earth of something, Bruce admitted, setting the contract aside. You didn't respond to my texts, didn't answer my call. Sorry, Jack said, I was really into my work yesterday. Forgot to even eat. Harley barged into my apartment this morning and forced me to lunch. I missed your call while we were out. I figured I should make it up to you by coming and explaining in person. Besides, he said, voice lowering a little, I missed you. Bruce smiled and pushed his chair out, and Jack giggled and settled onto his lap, leaning his back against one of the arms. Bruce considered locking the door, to make sure no one saw, even though he meant it innocently, it still looked compromising but he didn't want to move Jack. He wrapped an arm around him to steady him. I missed you too, Bruce admitted, but how the hell did you get in here? Your little intern Tim helped me. He's a fan, apparently. Quick with a good lie, too, I like it. Good attention to detail. I'm going to get that kid something as thanks. Bruce chuckled, leaned forward and nuzzled into Jack's hair. Okay, now it was compromising. Jack smiled and played with the collar to his shirt. He didn't know what to make of Bruce, really. The man was so eager and affectionate but there was always something holding him back. Jack tried to make himself believe he was just getting over whatever her name was, that he needed time. Time was the one thing Jack had. I have a meeting in 20 minutes, Bruce admitted, otherwise, I'd ask if you'd like to stay and get dinner with me. Jack giggled. You know Brucey, you make that sound like a date. Bruce blushed a little, letting his lips glide over Jack's neck. In that case, he said, 
come out with me Friday night. Dick invited us to see his circus, they'll be in Gotham. I swear it won't be a clowns crammed into a car type of circus. Jack laughed at that, and ran his fingers over Bruce's cheek. It's a date, he said and leaned in, kissing Bruce gently, and Bruce let him, one hand sinking into his curls to steady him. A date was slow enough, Bruce was sure. Besides, he couldn't content himself with drinks forever. If he didn't try for the next step, he'd never know if it was too much or not enough. 